For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy Dylan at Thunderchats here. Coming to you on behalf of our sponsor, betonline.ag. Being this is a Believe Podcast Network, we've got to go to the one tried and true constant sponsor of BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info and odds. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and the start to the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager wager on popular sports and games. BetOnline, where the game starts. I know I messed up, but I'm keeping it in. Hope you guys enjoy the pod. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunzinger at Thunder Chats. And we got a quad pod today, ladies and gentlemen. We got my boys uh, first. We got in Texas, Maddie Moles doing all kinds of gang signs with the number four. Uh, Maddie, how the heck are you, sir? Man, I'm good. Uh, my frozen Negroni is halfway done. Um, my DraftKings lineups for the Masters looking Pretty, pretty good. I'm in like 30th place right now out of 315,000 entries. So naturally, it's all going to get destroyed tomorrow. And yep. I'm going to be crying myself to sleep because that's how yep. golf uh, goes for DFS. But man, we're almost done. We're almost there. We've almost finished the marathon. And I'm hoping that it ends well for the Thunder. Man, that's like the top 0.1% if I'm not mistaken with my mathematics here you know that's the that's you said 30 that's the top point oh one percent well wow. first place carrying it over two places dylan holy look crap at, i didn't know that that moles going <laughs> i didn't know two first, people, people could do that Dagmar, first right, place <laughs> first place gets a, a million gets over a million dollars in that one so i got a little oh. work left to do Hey, be, nice. be a friend, share with a friend, right? All right, anyways, uh, you guys heard him talking. He couldn't keep his mouth shut until he got introduced. So we're going to the man, the myth, the legend, the man that is spitting in the spitter, making fun of Kentucky, the one, the only, Champagne Jerry. <laughs> Look at you plugging in the irony. I love it. You're just <laughs> on one tonight, moving decimals and just hitting the jokes. I'm in uh, my bag. I'm deep in my bag <laughs> like I'm looking for fries, bro. I can tell, sir. I can tell um finding that sonic mint somewhere in there um no uh, i'm doing great man doing great just got home uh i don't know if you guys have these places around you but it's called hawaiian bros and it's like a spin-off hawaiian food it's absolutely freaking amazing like i i want to go back right now because it was that good so if you have a hawaiian bros in your area or in the okc metro go visit the one in yukon it's so good all right, there you go. The, hey, no free ads, but Hawaiian bros. That's that's what Jerry wants to do. Shaka shaka bro. So yeah. last but not least, we got Alex Roy, Alec, Alexander, Alejandro, Alexi. How are you, sir? I'm I'm, I'm doing well, man. Thank you for the uh, the try name that you that you gave me. So that all means the same thing. Yes, sir, man. We, we got to give it to you in, uh, in all formats. D- Dylan's guys. really in his bag today, man. He's really in his intellectual bag. He's like, he's throwing out, he's throwing out names. He's, you know, he's decimal, moving decimals around. Yeah. He's about to start talking Latin on that ass. I know, hey, I don't know what's, 
<laughs> you are definitely on one tonight, sir. Um, I'm proud of you. I'm hey. proud of you. Keep, keep it up, sir. Hey, I appreciate it. I'm setting the bar high from when we crash and burn in the middle of the podcast. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, guys, like you said, you know, we are we're in the final stretch. We're in the home stretch of the regular season. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's been a drag. You know, we've had some fun times. We've had some bad times. Uh, but we're almost there. we got two games left. And uh, before we get to those two games, uh, we just do got to briefly mention, um, we just came off a of back-to-back yesterday. Fort Wayne Trailblazers, we lost – or we won. I guess we lost, you know, however you want to look at it. Um, in the record books, we won 98-94 to 94 in <sighs> just an odd game. Just a not fun game to watch, not a fun game to be a part of. And uh, Jerry is laughing. So, Jerry, what, what do you got to say about this game, sir? All right, so I'm going to blame this win on the kid that was sitting next to us because uh, I was at this game. When I say this kid was having, uh, like, I, I think he probably busted, busted some blood cells or uh, some blood vessels in his eyes because he was screaming so loud, like, willing us to come back in that game. We were down, I think, what was the biggest deficit? 16, 18? Yeah, somewhere like, up. It was somewhere around it was like 18. Yeah, it I think was 19. it was. Okay, 19. Okay, I knew I was close. Anywho, me – um somebody was my uh chad chadamus on twitter um was my plus one he decided to come with me chadamus 33 yeah and then um uh zach low nba uh that's from up here his season tickets are literally right in front of mine and we just found out like a couple weeks ago because we've never sat at the same game before um formerly under heartland yeah yeah so um, we uh, we're all like, yeah, it's whatever, you know, we'll be all right. We're about to lose this game, and this kid over there screaming defense every single possession, freaking out on every single score. Whenever we took the lead, he literally started just doing like twenty or thirty push-ups, just like fast as hell. Yeah, I don't know what was going on <laughs> with this kid. It was the most random thing ever, but I'm blaming that on him. He uh, drops down, starts doing push-ups on the arena. Because we didn't have anybody sitting above us, right? Like there was, we're like four or five rows from the ceiling. So um, we didn't see any, have anybody sitting behind us. So he like just hops back a row, you know, and it's all empty and he just starts hammering them out. Man. And uh, yeah, it was, it was the craziest game. That game on the inside of the arena probably had the most fun energy of any game I was at this season, like in the weirdest, most possible way, like that everybody was cheering just the whole time. Like it didn't stop. Um, Everybody was just super engaged. We did like a three minute wave around the arena. (laughs) Like three minute fun. wave. Yeah. It went and just kept going and going and going. And it was just a nutty, <laughs> nutty, nutty game. Um, but it was definitely probably one of my most memorable one, just because of the energy. And then two, because that kid just freaked the hell out the whole time. Like he got on camera, just blood vessels busting out of his neck. Uh, you know, his eyes bulging out. It was, it was just awesome. It was just he probably awesome. he probably he probably had a uh, a wager on betonline.ag. <laughs> nice oh, plug. What, a, what what a plug! Yeah, nice <laughs> you plug. might have heard me talk about that before the pod started, guys. <laughs> um, no, man. Yeah, it's funny you say it. Like the good times were just rolling in the arena. Like you know, uh, the guy hit the half court shot for the twenty thousand dollars. So that was awesome. Um, yeah. No, no. And then the guy. I don't know if you guys get to see it on TV, but. Then the guy, so they bring out like this, uh, it's a, it's a golf, you know, uh, game where you putt from like the free throw line to the baseline. And if you make it, you win like a grab bag and stuff. Dude hit the putt. First putt I've seen hit all season too. So it was just like a magical night. Uh, something in the air tonight. Yeah. It was nuts, man. Like just the whole vibe was just badass in there. Yeah. So the fans were, the fans are hoarding all the prizes, huh? Is that a Jalen Horde? Oh, Lord. 
plug maybe a little maybe okay okay i just had to make sure real quick uh yeah before i make my point i know i know moles was talking about this before we fought it uh go go ahead give Jalen hortis flowers moles i mean anytime you get 20 and 20 in the nba like that that deserves some flowers right it doesn't matter who it's going against really 20 and 20 is a pretty phenomenal performance and a lot of his stuff was putbacks from very tough angles and it was very much effort and the guy just he played a great game and he hit he hit a three um so like he's good on him he's three he's three of eight since he's yeah. been called up yeah he hit two so, more against utah so i mean maybe he gets the moses treatment and other teams are like oh snap that guy went 20 and 20 uh 24 and 20 technically so Maybe he's trade bait. I don't know. Maybe he's sweetener for uh, when we fall to the eighth pick in the draft. Oh, yeah. Draft you, know, <laughs> you know, you're talking about uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to ask that part. You talk about, you know, giving those flowers. I, I'll give them those flowers, but they're going to be dandelions because, you know, they're, they're going to fade away. They're going to blow away in the distance because, like, you know, like you said, Moses Brown last year, same, same situation, you know, skeleton roster, putting up 2020 games, getting the fan base excited, like, oh, like they're still doing it. Cleveland Cav, I still see Cleveland Cavalier account saying, "What's Moses Brown's ceiling?" You're looking at it. That's his ceiling. That's all he's gonna do. He's gonna put up bad stats against bad, or put up good stats against bad teams. He's gonna be tall. He's gonna take up space. He's gonna. That, that's what he's gonna do. Jalen Horb, like you know, he's he's a hard worker. I'm super happy for him. Like you know, he got a big paycheck for you know coming in the NBA. Um, for, you know, the hardship contract. I think uh, Andrew Schleck sent him down to dunk the other day. He got, like, 80-something 80, 80 thousand for that. So, like, that's, like, night and day uh, from what his G League contract is. So, that's awesome. But, like, you know, I, I just want to caution the fans. Like, Jalen Horde, probably not a part of the team's future. Now, like Mole said, maybe a team gets excited about that. I'm less optimistic about it because Jalen Horde, unlike Moses Brown, isn't like a seven foot big man. He's just, you know, he's kind of he's kind of a wing size, but he plays more of a power forward. So yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to go so, on a diatribe. So if Jaylen you Horde. so if you yeah, I just want to plug something. So if you want to go ahead and see what the players are making, you can go to OKC Topic uh thunder.wordpress.com and there's a little uh a little spot that says player salaries and you click on there. You can see what every player um, has made that's been on the Thunder roster. Nice. So how much money is Jalen Horde making for his hardship class? So, so this, so this season, cause remember we signed him earlier this season also to, to attend uh, a hardship contract. Yeah. Uh, this season he's made 191,000 and eight, eight, one ninety one eight sixty. So $191,860. Eh, there you go, Jalen, get your bag and hoard it away. Oh, but all right. Well, hey, uh, the good times started to roll against the Utah Jazz and went sweet. Lost 137 to 101. Uh, they sat Donovan Mitchell, they set Mike Conley. It didn't matter. Uh, Bogdanovich did what he does against us, score 27. Rudy had 20 and 10, um, which was you know, what's more impressive than Horde's 20 and 20. But, um, but, yeah, you know, we got back on track. Uh, we, we definitely needed that game to be a loss because going into that game, the Pacers were only one game behind us in the reverse standings. So, had we lost that game, things could have got a little bit hairy. Um, do you guys have anything to say about the Utah Jazz game? Yeah, what the hell was Rudy Gilberry been doing in the game? Like, that whole lineup – had me so confused. And then secondly, um, uh, coach Quinn looks like he's seen some things this year. Like (laughs) he does not look like the same dude that he did in the past. Like he looks like a shell of himself right now. Um, hope you're doing well, coach Quinn. Um, (laughs) thinking about you. Don't love Um, you, but hope you're doing well. (laughs) I hope you're doing well. Um, but yeah, that, I just thought that was just like super weird that he had starters in the game, but whatever. Um, good loss, boys. Good loss. They fought hard though the whole time. I was really proud of that. Um, and then Lindy Waters. Can, is, is there a Lindy Waters question? 
the... don't think so no all right so that's a good spot to plug him <clears throat> he's too good to tank it really like, is like that's oh my gosh that shot is so pretty yeah so like pretty and then it's crazy to me how like if you just look at this kid's journey and you know just sort of where he came from some of the adversity that he ran into you know later in high school um his journey to Oklahoma State you know and then his journey coming into the league I mean he was playing for a semi-pro team out of Enid Oklahoma um so Maddie you know where Enid's at I'm sure being in that branch um that's Vance right that's Vance Air Force Base right? yeah yep uh little tiny thing but uh the, the kid is like just turning into like a fan favorite, like in the arena, any shot that he made or even put up, everybody was like gasping and like awing and just cheering so loud with it. Um, he's, it, it scares me a little bit because I know Cone might cry about this. Um, uh, but Ty Jerome might not make it um, with you know, the emergence of Lindy Waters. I think he's just a little bit more uh, dimensional and he can do some different things. But uh, yeah, Lindy Waters, I'm just happy he's on our team. Maybe I'm, so, maybe, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Alex. No, no so I was just going to say, you know, just continuing on with the Lindy Waters thing. Um, so Dagnall on the, uh, before the uh, Portland game, uh, he was talking, he was basically talking about just guys that he knows about already that don't need to play. So basically Poku, um, Trey Mann, uh, even, even Maladon, even, you know, Wiggins. He's like, you know, we we've seen everything that we need to see from these guys for the most part. Um, and so, you know, when they were asking him about playing guys, you know, these last three or four games, basically, he, he, you know, he basically said that those guys probably aren't going to be playing too much um, here in these last couple games because, you know, they've already evaluated everything they're going to evaluate on him. And he stressed particularly on V. Crecci and on Lindy Waters. He said Lindy Waters' shot is basically too good to, to ignore. Um, and it's something that, you know, in the offseason between him and V, you know, it's going to be like a second season for them because they really want to see what they have in these guys and they really want to see – you know, how these guys can fit with the organization, with the team moving forward. And so, you know, he made it a point to, to and he made it, a, I, the question was about Crecci, uh, but, but he made it a point to include Lindy Waters in that. So I think Lindy Waters will get a look next season also. He's already signed to a, a two-way deal for next season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely going to get a look. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I saw somebody on Twitter talking about how, you know, famously in the Portland game, Wendy came in and hit two transition threes in like a span of four minutes, and they pulled him immediately. Sit your ass down. Yeah, th there were some people that was upset about that because, you know, he's quote-unquote fighting for his NBA life. But that that is important context. Alex just said that he is signed to a two-way contract even going into the next season. So, um, yeah, and I, I do think there's potential for Lindy to stick around long-term. Like, you know, you look at um, – you know, Miami Heat, like, being able to, you know, pluck all these G League guys and, like, integrate them onto their roster. Like, Duncan Robinson came from their yeah. G League. Max Strews came from their G League. Even Gabe Vincent. Like, he's not a shooter, but, you know, he's another player that came up from their G League. So, um, you know. Kendrick Nunn. Was Kendrick Nunn in the G League, too? Yeah. All right. Well, hey, there, there's just another one, man. So, I mean, you know, there there is a history of, like, you know, using your G League, like, you know, for your main roster. And as we've seen this year, like, what's going on? The OKC Blue is is working. Like, whatever's happening there, like, it's working. Like, because – To our detriment. Yeah, because half of the guys, like, the past few weeks have all played together on the Blue. And, you know, it, it shows with how they play together. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to reap the benefits as opposed to the detriments um, here in the near future. But, yeah, man, so – uh, I, I like Landy. I like Veet too. I like uh, not just their ability on the floor, but their their knowledge and intelligence and knowing where to be on the floor, specifically in the offensive end. Um, and I, I think that they could potentially provide you know spacing for Shea and Giddy and and the like. So yeah, I like Lindy. I like Veet. 
Um, boys, I don't want to linger on these games too much because they're kind of inconsequential in the long run, but I do just want to give a shout-out to Thunder Legend, who makes the game so fun, one of the most unique games of all time, Captain Hook Xavier Simpson. Oh, God. The, the guard that throws in the hook shot. Uh, like somebody's business. Uh, he, he's I lost it. I lost it whenever he made his first hook shot. Just absolutely freaked out. It's so much better in person. The video doesn't do it any justice. It's it's a work of art. What Hanging is prettier? What's prettier, his hook or Waters' jump shot? Uh, I mean, hmm. Oh, well, I'm going to have to go the Waters. Order. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Waters just because he's an Oklahoma State boy. I think Waters is more aesthetically pleasing, but uh, the hook is a lot cooler. Yeah. And it's yeah, so I'm, I'm, cool. <laughs> I'm going to go with Waters. Like I think, I think, I think, you know, Maddie, you you alluded to this. Like, you know, is is his jump shot one of the prettiest ones that we've had in in Thunder history? You know, I think between probably between him and Abrinas and and Paul George, they have you know beautiful looking, aesthetically pleasing jump shots. So, yep. So does Pope. Like, I liken I liken his jumper kind of like Ken Griffey. Like Ken Griffey Jr. swing. I'm talking about waters here. Like it, so it looks he's gonna be wearing a, a backwards hat. He can wear whatever he wants. Like that that thing just looks so effortless and it's butter. It does. <laughs> I can't wait to see Wendy Waters wear a snorkel the next game. Just because Maddie Mole said he could. All right, boys. Well, hey, we got two more games left. Uh they're against the two LA teams. Uh, it is going to – they're both going to be in L.A. And these teams, they uh, – <laughs> Absolutely they, nothing to play for. They they have nothing to play for. That That is important to note. But there's like – I don't know, man. There's, there's different storylines because a lot of people are convinced that LeBron is going to play in the Lakers game to chase the scoring title. And I was talking with Moles before, you know, the pod started. If I'm in LeBron's camp, and he is sitting down in these games before they were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and the Spurs moved on to the 10 seed, like clinched the 10 seed. And he was missing those games, and he's going to come back in a meaningless game against the tanking OKC so he can get the scoring title. I, I, I'm furious. Like, if I'm in LeBron's camp and he's trying to do that because that makes him look like that – that validates every opinion every LeBron hater has, that it's more about him and his stats and his legacy than his team and his team success. So I would be shocked if LeBron played. I wouldn't be shocked because, you know, there there's a kernel of truth to what I just said, but um, I, I'm i leaning towards he doesn't play. And if he doesn't play, I don't think Davis plays and the like. So what, what do you got, Jerry? Yeah, I was going to say that um... – he was going to play the rest of the season until they got bumped out of the playoffs indefinitely. Like that's what, that's why he's not going to play in this game and try to win that scoring title. Cause he has nothing to, you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah, I'm still in the race. I'm still going. He has nothing really going for him right now. This is just a robust year. Um, you know, as Dylan cracks open a cold Dr. Pepper. Um, Job two for the culture. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I just think it's – yeah, I, I don't think he's playing. I don't think Anthony Davis is playing. The Lakers are smart because they already they shut down Russell, Russell officially today, right? Did they really? I missed that. Well, I mean, he's, he was, he's sitting out this game. This, this, yeah, this, this game tonight. Okay, it's the game tonight that he's sitting out. Okay, okay, I didn't know yeah. if it was anything further. But either way, I, I'd be surprised if they really try to force those three guys to play. Um, but I'd be, I'd be surprised if he plays anymore because, you know, if there's one person that they want to trade this offseason, it is Russell. <laughs> if Russell, you know, tweaks a knee or an Achilles in these last two games. Yep. Yep. And for what it's worth, LeBron and Davis aren't playing tonight either. So it's likely they are shut down for the year. Yep. We, we already know Russ is probably going to have to go get a scope like he does like every offseason, right? Mm-hmm. So. That's just maintenance. You don't want to compound that. Yeah. You don't want to compound that potential. But on the flip side, 
you had the Los Angeles Clippers, who, again, as Alex said, don't have much to play for because their seating is kind of locked in in the Western Conference. But, again, as I was talking to Moles, me and Moles got – we got a lot of conversation going before you guys uh, got on the pod. I can tell. Um, God, I'm a little jealous. So, Paul George is <laughs> – Oh yeah. Here recently. Paul George came back here recently. He's played four games so far. And Norm Powell was activated last game, and he played his first game too. So, even though it's possible that, you know, they decide that, you know, our seed's locked up, let's sit these guys, keep them fresh. But playoffs um, are a lot about playoffs. rhythm. Yeah, play- playoffs are a lot about rhythm. So, I, like, you know, I wouldn't be shocked either way, but I could play – playing devil's advocate, I could see the Clippers maybe at least playing Paul George, Norm Powell, like a quarter, maybe a half or something like that, just to, you know, try to keep them in rhythm, get them in rhythm going into the playoffs. So what do y'all think about that? What do y'all think about the Clippers matchup? Yeah, you're probably right there. That's probably spot on. And then Kawhi's going to so, show magically out of the rafters like Sting in the fourth so, I So I don't think so. I, I don't think. Alex said no. They will play because – um they play back-to-back. I think they play Saturday and Sunday, and then they have to hop on a plane and play on Tuesday in probably Minnesota, I believe, either Denver or Minnesota. Um, and so if you're going to rest guys, the, the day to do that is, you know, either Saturday and Sunday, um, probably Sunday against the Thunder. So I, I would think instead of, you know, their main guys playing three games and four nights – I believe they're probably going to go ahead and probably rest that Thunder game and then play on, on Tuesday versus Denver or Minnesota. Yep. I mean, like I said, I can see either way because, I mean, you know, Powell came back, like I said, last game. But Paul George is already playing, and they, they played the Suns without Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and only won by four points. And a lot of that was because of, you know, the rest that, you know, a lot of these guys showed. So, I, I could see either way. It's the smart move is probably what you were saying, Alex, but who knows, man? Like if the Clippers believe that, you know, Kawhi is going to be able to come back like during the playoffs, maybe, like maybe not the play in, but like if they make it to the first round or the second round or something like that, and they can get Kawhi back and like they can have a fully healthy team. I don't know. Maybe they, they might think a little bit more uh, unconventional, but you know, we'll see. It's, it's going to be interesting, you know, hopefully even, you know, the skeleton crew that the Clippers and the Lakers are against the the withering skeleton crew of the Thunder um, that will still be able to eke out the losses because, as I said, um, it's going to be hard to catch the Pistons at the three spot. We're in the four right now, but the Pacers are right on our heels. And uh, I, think, I think they're playing tonight, and they have one more game as well. No, they play, they play Saturday and Sunday. They have a weird schedule. Okay. Like, they play – they play Tuesday, and then I believe they play either Saturday and Sunday or they play Friday and Sunday. Saturday but, and know, Sunday, they, like, they play the Sixers at Sixers yeah. and the Nets at Nets. Yeah, they have a weird schedule. Yeah. So, so. hopefully hopefully the Sixers, you know, have visions of, you know, maybe getting the, the one or two seed or whatever. So, hopefully they play their – you know, hold on. I'm saying that wrong. Yeah. Screw that. Sit everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sit everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, they're they're within a half game back of the Celtics right now for the three. There we seasons. go. Yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna be playing everybody. That's what I meant to say. They're gonna be playing everybody. So that's guaranteed guaranteed loss for Indiana right there. And then they play the the Nets. The Nets who the Nets are still kind of in contention for that. You know whether it is seven, eight, or nine. I, I believe they're mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a like a game games, or half a game. Two games between yeah. seven and ten seed. So, you know, you can either be the home team on the 7-8 or you can be the home team on the 9-10, and if you lose that game, you're out. So, yeah, so that that just proves how important these losses are for the Thunder in these L.A. games. <laughs> like oh, my God. It's imperative. Like, we can't have another Poku 30-point performance in the final game of the season to beat the Clippers. It's just we, we can't have it. Oh, it won't happen. So, for for reference, where Indiana sits right now with the fifth worst record, the pick odds have them with a two point two percent chance of getting the eighth pick. Their greatest percent chance is the um, sixth pick with twenty five point seven, 
which is less than what OKC is, but um, that still gives them a uh, a further floor. So, like, we, dude, we we cannot we cannot fall to the to the next spot. Like, we can't. Dude, that's that's that that that's, basically is a wasted yeah. season. That's what that's what I think. Like like the move to get rid of SAR. Like I don't, yeah. I don't think it had necessarily anything to do with SAR. I think the fact that, you know, SAR can go out there and put up a 20 and 15 game against mediocre talent pretty easily. You know, what we need to watch out for is Roby. Like Roby has been eating these cats <laughs> up too, man. And it's just like, yo, I don't need you. Like, like he came out in the, what game was it? Was It, the, it was the Blazers game. He just the Blazers, went he came off. Out to, Eight like eight like ten points just like the first four minutes of the game like no bro that's not what we need you to do like I need I'm gonna need you to sit your ass down and just you know have a Gatorade and, and a smile and just sit there <laughs> like like it's just like you know you put him out there against the Lakers C team and he's gonna he's gonna eat he's gonna feast you put him out there against you know the Clippers without Paul George without Reggie Jackson without you know any of their starters. And he's going to feast. And it's like, that's not what we want. And so, you know, I don't care if we don't start a center. Just have five guards out there. Have, have Xavier Simpson be the, be the center. I can give a damn. He's out there throwing hook shots. Hook shots, baby. You know, hell yeah. Just Magic, have him Thunder out there Magic Johnson, baby. Because I love Xavier Simpson because he can't hit shit from the perimeter. That guy, you give him a three-pointer and it's, it's, an, it's an automatic miss. So, shoot all the shots, Xavier. <laughs> Um, got to clarify that because I read the column wrong. Indiana 0.6% chance to get pick nine, 8.7% chance to get pick eight, and then 26.7% chance to get pick seven. So, I mean, it still stands, but it's even more dire than what I said before. Yeah. And I, I think that's important to address because, uh, you know, a lot of Thunder fans specifically, like I, I, I'm not calling him out. You know, I'm just poking fun. Keenan, um, I forgot what his ad is. Uh, Nittany, Lion, Nittany Lion 02. Nittany Lion 02. Okay, yeah. So, everybody knows Keenan on Thunder Twitter. So, he always says, oh, you know, oh, no, we lost the game. We're going to lose 0.2 percentage points. Like, you know, he's all always, like, you know, making fun with the percentage points. It's not about the percentage points. It's about how many more spots you can fall. And so, right now with the Thunder at the four spot, the farthest we can fall is the eighth pick in the lottery it's the lowest percentage it's 2.2 percent but again it's not about percentage it's about how far you can fall if the paces were to pass this and we was to get to the five spot the lowest we could fall is nine and you know eight and nine both suck but like the difference between eight and nine could be catastrophic but on the flip side you know if a miracle were to happen we was able to make it to the three spot the farthest we could fall is seven so when, when you're talking about, like, jockeying for these tanking positions at the end of the season, it's not about the percentage. Like, you know, uh, the top three teams have the same percentage to get the number one pick. It drops down a little bit each, you know, each spot. But it's talking about um, the farther you can fall down. So, the you know, you can get one to five at the top spot, one to six at the second spot, one to seven, third, one to eight, and so on. So, you know, that's, that's really what we're looking for. And right now, the farthest we can fall it's about is eight. Yeah, it's, it's about mitigating the worst-case scenario. Yeah. And, yeah, you don't want to fall too far down because, you know, we've always had those drafts where we're like, oh, this guy fell. Okay, okay, two spots before us. Oh, one spot before us, and then the team right before us grabbed him. You know, like – Like like Booker? Exactly, like Booker whenever we had, you know, can't we had, we had the draft campaign, you know, like, you know, there's other scenarios like that, and it's just like – you want to get as high as possible because the Thunder know who they want to draft and they have contingency plans in place. But why not just go ahead and hope that you can get as high as possible so you can go ahead and get, grab the guy that you want and not have to use any of those assets, not have to use any of those contingencies to go ahead, not have to trade Dort um, to get, you know, to move up to where you want to go. So, what the hell? Where did Dort come into this? What are, y'all, what are you talking about right now? Y'all chill out. Just it's not even it's not even the right year. Like <laughs> we'll chill out. Another yeah, just wait. That's um, next year, guys. Chill. But hey, like I said, right now the fall week of far is fall is eight. So transitioning into our next topic, guys, it's time. You know, we're we're new, like I said, we're nearing the end of the season. We got two games left. 
Uh, up next, the next big events, the draft lottery, and then the draft will be here before we know it. We're about to dive deep into our draft coverage. Been talking to our guys at No Ceiling, uh, Hoop Intellect. Like, we, we're, we're about to just, like, you know, slam you guys with draft coverage. But first, we got to come at you with our big board. So, as I said, the furthest we can fall is eight. So, we're going to do one through eight, kind of like we did last year um, whenever we did our big board. But since we do have the Clippers pick, which is currently 15, we're also each going to throw out a prospect that we would like, you know, that's projected around their range. So, Gosh, for this big board, I'm just going to say uh, number one, and we can all just kind of um, go around the board and say who we have at number one. And, you know, the top, it's kind of self-explanatory. You know, if we start to differ a little bit in the middle, we can explain a little bit. But, you know, let's, let's try to rip through this as quick as we can because we did ask for Twitter questions, and you guys, as you do, you showed up and showed out. We got a lot of Twitter questions to get to. So uh, if you guys are ready, let's jump in. Let's go. Right after a word from our sponsors. Assuming we have a mid-roll this week, Alex? Uh, we don't. <laughs> All right. Well, hey. And we're back. <laughs> we don't. Hey, Moles, we're taking Hey, leave that, leave that in there, dog. Leave that in there. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Dr. Pepper. They're not paying us. They just give me the fuel to keep going. Yes. Oh, gosh. <sighs> All right. So, our big board, gentlemen. The top of Thunder big board. Version point, no, not point. Wow, I, I lost my decimals already. I told you, halfway through the pod, crash and burn. Uh, version 1.0. So, my number one prospect, uh, I announced this before the tournament started, uh, too much controversy, and, you know, we're, we're, we're going to talk about it here. So, uh, my number one prospect, Jabari Smith Jr. Jerry, who's your number one? Uh, Paolo. Paolo Bancaro, Matty Moles. Chat Holmgren still. Chat Holmgren. We got three different answers. Does Alex go Jaden Ivey? He does not. Chet Holmgren. <laughs> Chet Holmgren. Oh, we got two for Chet. Okay. Going to the uh, second prospect. Uh, I've got Paolo Bencaro there. So, Jerry, who do you have for your two prospects? Uh, Chet. Okay. Okay. Moles, what about you? Jabari Smith. Junior Alex? Jabari Smith. All right. So, we got, we got a lot of Chet and we got a lot of Jabari so far, I think. Yeah, so me and Jerry are the only people to say Paolo so far. So I think he's going to show up here at three. But first, I'm going to go ahead and say I got Chet Holmgren number three. So, Jerry, who you got for three? I got Jabari there. All right, yep. And Moles? Uh, Paolo. All right, and Alex? Paolo Manguero. All right, so it's pretty consistent. You know, we've all got different orders. I think we all literally have different orders. Well, except for Maddie and Alex, they're like in lockstep on that. Um, but the top three all year has been Jabari, Paolo, and Chet. Uh, Jay Navi tried to make a run at it, but he didn't quite make it. So that is important to state. And moving on to the number four spot, I got Jaden Ivy. Jerry, who you got? Jaden. Moles? Jaden. And Alex? So, Uh-oh. I'm doing I'm doing this big board based off of the Thunder, mm-hmm. um, and their needs. And so, number four on my big board is AJ Griffin. Okay, so let's talk about that and like your need because you know we talk about the different philosophies in draft for fit or best uh, best player available, and you know, like us three, our big board we have Ivy at four. So if we was at the four spot, those three were gone. We feel comfortable taking Ivy, not necessarily because of fit, because, you know, he's the best player available. Um, I've seen a lot of Thunder fans have discourse on this. Like, my thinking on this, Jaden Ivy is a big enough name, um, a guy that has enough talent that you draft him, you see how he fits. You know, best-case scenario, you're able to play him, Giddy, and Shea together, and it it works magically. Worst-case scenario, it doesn't work. And guess what? Jaden Ivey's still a big name. He's still a guy that a lot of teams would covet. And, like, this is this is kind of like a fan cash dream for me. Um, but, like, you you mess up in the water, you get number four spot, you draft Jaden Ivey, he doesn't work out. You're able to package Jaden Ivey and future first to move up in the draft to get Wimby the next year. I'm just saying. It's a possibility. It's something that's possible. So, that, that's my thinking there. But, Alex, uh, you're talking fit, man. You got A.J. Griffin, number four. Why you got him there? 
Um, I just think he's a much better shooter than um, than Jaden Ivey off the catch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, as far as defensively, you know, he's he's a he's a better defensive wing than is Ivy. And so, you know, I think we 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 already have you know we already have SGA, we already have um, Giddy. And so, I think what you need is you need a shooter. You don't need another slasher. You need you don't need somebody that can occupy the same space that SGA does um, and that Giddy does to a certain extent. And so you need somebody that could probably stay out there more and, and affect the game more from the outside. And so I think that's, that's Griffin. Yep. And I mean, you know, I'll just go and say I had AJ Griffin, my number five, I don't know where Jerry and Moles had him, um, but like, you know, we're, we're not far in thinking there. I just think Ivy, his ceiling, like, is a legitimate like all-star like star player in this league if if he you know puts together and achieves what he needs to achieve aj griffin like yeah he has that potential but he also has the uh the injury risks he, um going back to his high school days like he's he's yeah. notoriously hurt and uh he also does the splits anytime he sets up for a shot so <laughs> just just gotta know he, he goes in though like i mean <laughs> Like there's there's been there's been tons of players that have ugly shots that go in. Like you know Reggie Miller, you know he's known as one of the marksmen of the NBA of NBA history, and he had an ugly shot. You know, so yeah. I was thinking more like Sean Marion, but whatever. Oh Chad. lord! <laughs> I used to not play a, games not, of horse. Not a marksman like Sean Marion. <laughs> yeah. For real? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I got pretty good at it for a while. Oh lord. Uh, Jerry, who you got for number five? Um. I, I have AJ Griffin there. He really, what? yeah, got me amped up during the tournament. I like I like what he does. Really? Yeah. The really? The tournament, yeah, the, tournament. the tournament gave me pause. That's what I was about to say. He shot no, great throughout the year. I think his just his motor and like a lot of the decisions that he made. It wasn't necessarily a shooting, but um, he's, affecting the game other ways. Yeah, like I, I love his defensive hustle. Um, he's just got he's got a lot to like. A lot to like, and I think you can fix some of those things once you get to the league. So, yeah, Moles, you got him number five. You got somebody else? No, I got Griffin number five. All right, it was close though. It was close with uh, number six. All right, yeah, my number six, and this is this is a big if. There's a caveat. Hey, I I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get to say my number five. Oh, I'm sorry. I I passed you up. Go ahead. My number five is actually Shaden Sharp. All right, yeah. Well, that's ooh, beat us to the punch. Okay, you so you have Ivy for my thunder. Yeah. So you Man, have Ivy have... at highest is seven, right? No, he's he's my six. Oh, you jerk! You you just you just you just hold me. Okay, yeah. You got. I'm not, you trying, to, got I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to whore you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, but no, yeah. Shaden Sharp's my six. That and that's that's if he declares and if he stays in the draft. I talked about yeah. this with Dolan last week, you know, how I, I think they're really going to put the full court press on trying to get Sharp coming back. Uh, apparently, he's liking TikTok comments saying he's coming back. Apparently, his parents are still adamant he's coming back. So, like, it, it, it's it's very much, like, 50-50. Like, I get the logic and the reasoning for him going into the draft, and I wouldn't blame him if he did. But I'm just saying, there's a lot of signs pointing to him coming back. I think there's – a a role for him to come back, a hole for him to come back, like positionally. And I think that for like, like, you know, not just, just saying it, like Cal needs him to come back. <laughs> like, like my thing is, I mean, it doesn't really matter about Cal. Like, yeah, no, no, like I'm literally, just, literally yeah. all he has to do, all he has to do is ask Brandon Boston about whether he should stay or whether he should go. And if he has the opportunity to go ahead and get, you know, a top five pick now, well, hell, go, man. Like, there's no point in staying in college and getting NIL money if you can make, you know, ten times that your rookie season. And that's one season closer to getting your second contract, which is the big one, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well. Like, I, I, get, I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, Dylan. Like, I know your hope is that he does, you know, come back to, to, to UK, but, man. I mean, it's it's not it's not looking too pretty as far as like, you know, your your risk reward type thing. No, I get it, and I I said that like even like when it first came out, like if it was me, I would like put my name in the draft. But like 
based on everything that's been said, reported about it, like people around him, Cal, him, like this, they're very adamant. Like this has been the plan. Um, again, like I told Dolan, that was before we got first rounded by a 15 seed. So, you know, things change. Yeah. It's, it's definitely possible. But um, like he said, you know, people scoff at it, but he said, I don't care where I get drafted. I want to make sure I'm ready when I get to the NBA. I don't want to, you know, go into a crappy situation or go in there and get myself over my head. Like he trusts Calipari's ability to get people ready for the NBA. And so that's, that's what he wants to do. So, but that being said, you know, I think his, yeah, his, his, his best bet would be to go into like the, um, the combine without an agent. Or test what, the see what teams tell you. Yeah, yeah, test the waters and then, you know, make your decision from there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, um, you know, if he declares and stays in the draft, because I know as soon as like it's announced, like as soon as Jonathan Gavoni or Woj or whoever says Shaden Sharp is entering his name in the draft, like people are going to start tweeting at me, just laughing at me. Like, that's the key. Like, if he doesn't sign an agent, there's still room for him to come back. So, like, this, there's, it's a two part yeah. process, but, this is about Kentucky. It's about the draft. And I think that Shaden Sharp, it's a twofold approach. Like, one, like he has potential to be the best player in the draft. Like, based on, you know, what scouts have said and based on, you know, his, uh, his measurements, his athletics, his shooting ability, like all those things, like he could be the best player in the draft. Also, you know, he hasn't played, you know, competitive basketball at that point for, you know, a calendar year. So, he could be rusty. He could, you know, not be ready, like I said. And he could set you back a little bit in terms of, you know, the winning category. And he can, you know, make it easier for which you to tank if he's the guy. That exactly, which which is not bad for 2023. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, so, yeah, I, I like Sharp. And, hey, I, I know Shay's in Sharp's uh, in Sharp's camp because uh, whenever he committed, he's, you know, he, t- he tweeted out, he said, hmm, another Canadian – guard going to uk who goes by shay where have i heard this before so yeah there you go i like it give me shay squared you know if it happens so uh jerry and mole sorry i went on that uh that kick on shade and sharp you all also have him at six or you got somebody else no i got somebody else just because i had to make a switch after just hearing all that about him and the kids never even played a college basketball game all right um, let's do it yeah, uh, Jalen Duran, and this is more of a, a fit for us, you know, in case what happens next year, you know, yep. what, what the team accomplishes next year. This is more of a right now move that can help us out. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Jalen there. Yep, I respect it. Um, I, I, you know, full disclosure, you know, we're only going to eight, but I have him at number nine, he's my number nine, uh, on this. You know, fit-wise, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious how he fits. Potential, I think he's he's got high potential. It's just – and the – I mean, really the next four guys above Dern for me are, you know, they're wing positions. They're, they're positions that are more coveted in NBA. Like, you could get a serviceable big, as we've seen. Jalen Hort, Isaiah Roby, Olivier Sar. You can get a serviceable big in the NBA to, you know, go out there and do some work. But – you know, the wings are harder to find. So that's that's why I have him. But I, I respect the Dern pick. I like Dern. If we ended up with Dern, I'd be all right with it. So that's what I got to say there. Um, I guess uh, – well, before we move on to number seven, does anybody else have Dern in their top eight? Dern was, I got Dern was I got in my top seven. eight. I had Sharp as six. So, yeah, we're, we're moving right along. All right. Alex, what would you say? I'm sorry. I had him at seven. Seven. Okay. There you go. Well, hey, moving on to seven. Uh, this is where I got Benedict Matherin. Uh, Jerry, who'd you have at seven? Uh, I'm going to end up going with Shade on there. It's Shaden, but okay. I respect it. Uh, Shade on. Shade on. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it, if he gets drafted by us, Chris Fisher's going to call him Shade on Sharp. Yeah. Yeah, no. Chris Fisher's going to say Shay Eden. Shaiden, <laughs> Sharpie, Shaiden, Sharpie. All right, what's your partner? Partner, partner. I had a Sharpie one time at a, at a game. <laughs> Yo, I, as the highlighter, I have the Sharpie. Go ahead. I signed a ball at my church league with a Sharpie. <laughs> um, so six, I had Sharp, and I got uh, Keegan Murray at seven. Okay. 
Yep. And Alex and the reason is, oh, go ahead. Um, I know that you look at him and he's like, yeah, he's a sophomore, but he's like an old sophomore. Uh, you know, um, I don't think that necessarily matters with where we're at right now. I'm not necessarily saying like, just go Obi Toppin and not care at all, but like what Murray would be able to allow us to have like as a consolation prize there um, as a fit, being able to play the four, I think makes a lot of sense. He's got good range. He's a, he's just a bucket. Um, mm-hmm. And he always seems to be in the right spot. He played in a really tough conference, a very competitive conference. And I, I think, you know, you could do a lot worse than him in that spot. I get the Duran fit. I've got Duran one pick after um, talking about it, but like, I think that spacing matters a lot, especially with as much as Shea likes to penetrate the lane. And, you know, he, he's amongst the highest in the NBA and drive rate. So mm-hmm. having somebody that can space the floors a big is critical to us. And I'm not scared off by the age. So I think he gives us a lot that we need on the floor, at least offensively. He does have some limitations defensively, but his per game, 1.9 blocks, 1.3 steals. He's still, you know, very, very involved there. I don't know that he can anchor a defense, but maybe he's not as big of a liability there either. So I like it. I think, I think that's a solid pick for us. And I, I, I think that people are going to overblow his age uh, a lot before the draft process is over. Yeah. So I have Murray at number eight, um, Alex, Jerry, oh, okay, so Jerry had him at eight. Alex, what about you? Yep, me also. Okay, so I, I'm going to go ahead and talk about this because Albert Gim, who is the co-host of the Draft That podcast with Corey Toloba, you know, for another pod uh, on No Ceilings Network, they're both actually supposed to be coming on the pod. They're supposed to work out a date with me on that, but uh, No Ceilings released their mock draft. And for the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, at the four spot where we sit now, Albert picked Keegan Murray at number four. Um, and he said, this pick may be controversial to some, but I love this pick. With all the exciting playmaking and shot creation you get from Gideon SGA, I thought this team could really use an exciting third option. Murray's type to wow you with the mundane because he's so good at it. Sometimes in life, the simple things are most beautiful. Murray is going to compliment their backcourt with a really smart floor game. He's going to do all the little things and even offer a little bit of secondary or tertiary offensive option. I believe Murray's only going to get better as a shooter now that he's going to be doing a ton of it off the catch. His defense, which is already good in my eyes, will only get better as he fills out his frame. Adding a no-nonsense 6'8 wing who can dribble, pass, and shoot is always a good idea. Taking Murray at four is only too high if you're not able to see the potential ceiling. You know we're good at that here. So, hmm. he, he gives good reasoning. It makes a lot of sense. You know, specifically, he said guys that can dribble, pass, and shoot. You know, we I, I've, I've talked about a lot how, you know, we've – straight away from the length defense and athleticism and dribble or and more to the you know dribble pass shoot basketball IQ type of guy. So he fits the archetype of a Presty pick. Uh he would be a type that many consider rich just like jo- or reach just like Josh Giddy did. So you know it wouldn't be the craziest thing. Um so yeah I, I mean I like it. You know I, I think that he would be a fun player, you know, if he came here and I think his fit with Shea and Giddy. You know, like you said, it's seamless. So, uh, I like Keegan Murray. He's my number eight. Um, so, I just want to ask you guys because, you know, like I said, I have Matherin number seven. Obviously, he's higher than anybody else. Uh, did anybody else have Matherin top ten, anything like that? Yeah, he's number nine on my list. Number nine. Moles? Yeah, he's, he's sitting at nine for me as well. Okay, yep. Yeah, I just want to say I think Matherin would be a great fit too because, you know, he did a lot of his damage on the ball in Arizona, but um, specifically in the tournament, um, he really showed his potential as a cutter. Um, it remind, he reminded me, like, I think he'd, he could really slide into not his role specifically, but, like, his archetype and how he plays on the floor, like like Aaron Wiggins, how he plays, like how he does runs a lot of off-ball cuts, um, backdoor, and, you know, he can still splash out and knock down the three. He still does a little a little bit on ball. And he's, you know, he's got that potential, the length, the body, the frame, the mentality to be a defender. So, uh, I I really liked what I saw Matthew in the tournament, specifically in the Texas Christian game when he was just showing his whole bag, you know, the step back threes, getting into the lane, finishing in traffic. Is that, is that, that the game? Is that, 
is that the game that him and Coloco went off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both yeah, yeah. they both had crazy games. Yeah. yeah. And he had the dunk of the tournament in that game too. So yeah, I, I love Matherin. I, I think that he's a really fun player and I think despite his position, I think he could fit really well alongside our guards. Yeah, that was that was a fun game. That definitely like made me like, ooh, you know, should he bump up? But you know, he still he still stays at, at nine for me. Which it was isn't bad. I mean, where he started in the season. Yeah, and it's important to note, you know, like we do many big boards throughout the draft process. Like th- this is very fluid. Like, you know, these these aren't fixed ratings. This is just where we're at right now in our evaluation process. As we talk to Corey, Albert, Nathan, um, Keandre, you know, all these draft heads, like, you know, we're, we're going to start to form our own opinion. We become more informed with that. So, uh, you know, this is just kind of a snapshot in what we're thinking as the season's about to end. But uh, boys, like I said, you know, 15 spot is where our Clippers pick is right now. Uh, who's the player that you're looking at in that range? Um, I guess for me, I'm just going to go straight to number 15 because the other guys I kind of feel like is a reach or won't be there. Um, I would love it if Duran or Tyree Eason fell to 15, but I just don't think they will. So uh, my 15 spot is Mark Williams. I just think that he – you know, he, he provides a lot in terms of defense and rim running big, like, you know, so, so many people are obsessed with, but uh, he showed a lot of flashes of, like, high basketball IQ in the tournament. Um, he, he was kind of, you know, the straw that stirred the drink for Duke. You know, Paolo did his thing offensively, but uh, Mark Williams Mark Williams was definitely their defensive anchor, so I, I like him here. Uh, Jerry, what about you? Uh See, I I want Tari there. Um, man, it depends. No, Tari's at fifteen. I want him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I also like. I'm very high on Mark Williams just for the reasons that you just said. Like, dudes, he's just a bruiser. Like, mm-hmm. he just gets the job done. So let's just say we didn't get Jalen. You know, somewhere in the top eight or wherever we end up at. Uh, Mark Williams would definitely be my next pick right in that range if, if we didn't have already have a center love the guy all right what about you most so kind of in that range you're looking for guys that can fill out guys that can play a role i don't know if he's coming out um but jeremy sochan from baylor his versatility on the wing and he's got a lot of room to fill out six nine two thirty i mean that's and he's he's good in transition. Um, that that Baylor scheme was just really really dominant on the defensive end. I think he would give us some chops there too. So I know he's not a prolific scorer. I know that kind of falls into Presti's old archetype, but I think that he would be able to give us some versatility that we definitely need um, in our front court. So. At 15, you're kind of, you know, throwing darts anyway. I think that guy could have a rotational spot um, for years to come, and that's about all we can ask for at the back end of the lottery um, and the, the front end of, of the non-lottery. So in that range, you could do a lot worse than him. Yeah, I just, just want to go on record and say, like, you know, I know a lot of people have their opinion on so so chance specifically, but – I'm just I, – I'm going to be lower than anybody else on the pod, on the Baylor guys. I just – I don't see it with them. I, I don't I don't like their fit with this team. I I, I question – I like Sochan more than Kendall Brown, which, you know, the draft boards have kind of corrected themselves on their rankings of them. But I, I just – I don't see it with them personally right now. But uh, – I haven't yeah. been able to trust a Baylor guy since Perry Jones the third. Yeah. Hey, he was a good one. He was a fun one. Uh, Alex, uh, what, what about you, man? Round it out. Who would who would be your guy at 15? So, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path. I think 15 I, like I think fifteen could be somewhere that Sam Presti tried to, you know, take a swing. I know where this um, is going. And he, you know, he recently he made a trip over to Australia. And so – a guy named Usman Jiang um, is a guy that many people like draft draft heads are like all over the place on him. He's a guy, he's six foot nine, 
seven foot wingspan, extremely long wing. Um, you know, he can he he can't shoot yet, but he has a fluidity to his game that maybe allows him to develop that. He's extremely young, um, and so I think, you know, if 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 he's going if he's swinging for the fences on this one, I think he might take somebody like Usman Jang. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I like Guzman Zhang. Um, I just like, I, I will say KOC, he released, you know, the ringer draft guide early in the week and he had OKC taking Usman Zhang at the number 15 pick. Um, did he really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, he did. I, I remember I okay. screenshot it. I went and looked at it, but, um, he had us taking shade and sharp at number six as well, but that's, that's besides the point. Um, but, I always kind of thought that he would fall a little bit later in the draft, but you know, it, if that's a guy that Presley identifies and he wants to take a swing, I'm all for it. I, I have no reason not to trust the guy after he basically batted a thousand in the draft last year. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to live up to what our shirt says and trust the Presty. Um, something I could see him doing and, you know, there's kind of conflicting on where this guy could be drafted. You know, the ringer had him at 30 in their mock draft. I've seen him low first round and a lot of other mock drafts, but the no ceilings, uh, you know, in their mock draft, I think they had us taking Patrick Baldwin Jr. at number 15. Um, mm. You know, if you're talking about a swing, that's a swing. 16 guy, you know, like picture perfect shooting stroke, but, you know, we I talked about Dolan last week. You know, went and played with his dad at a little known school and a terrible conference. They sent all five guys at him at all time. He had no talent around him, no spacing, nothing. Like he only played, I think, in eleven or twelve games. Played terribly in those games, and you know he was hurt the rest of the year. So, I, I think it would be beneficial for Patrick Baldwin Jr. to come back another year, maybe enter the transfer portal, go to another program, maybe a Kentucky Wildcats, I'm just saying. Uh, you know, build back a dress oh, Um, But if he was a stand draft, I wouldn't blame him, obviously. But I think that, you know, if you're taking a swing at 15, like you're saying, you know, you don't want to go positionally need, like, you know, for a big man. I wouldn't be mad at taking a shot at Patrick Baldwin Jr. if you've identified him as a guy you know, that you're high on. So, yeah. I like that a, a, lot, a lot of these mocks that I'm seeing have him around our 30th pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, you know, lends the question, because we're probably not, we're certainly not bringing four rookies into the fold this year, and we likely aren't bringing three, right? you got to think some consolidation is going to happen. I would think three. <laughs> I, would think, I would think three, if anything. Yeah. I mean, we brought in yeah. four this year. We did. I mean, some heads that, are going to roll. That's us not exer- That's not that's us not exercising team options on a lot of guys. Now I could probably see Roby gone and stuff like that, but man, that's. <laughs> I mean, team option. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, you got to like get rid of some fourteen people. other heads to cut off, except for Roby. Like, I don't. What, what's up? But with we have slam? a team option. We have a team option. There's a natural. Oh, okay, okay. I, never mind. I see where your logic's at. I'm sorry. I, I so, just heard Roby slander and jumped off the. It's it's wagon. no it's no slander, man. Shaquille O'Neal with a jump shot. I I feel you, but thank you. Um, we we're probably I consolidating. I would be willing to say, unless this this Clippers pick ends up in the play-in and then they miss and then something happens. We're probably consolidating the Clippers pick and the Suns pick to move up, right? Possibly. Possibly. Really, really high chance. There, man. Yeah, you're moving up a spot, maybe two. But best. a lot of I, I, lot I honestly of- think, honestly think consolidation, con, the consolid, consolidation is going Easy to occur to with, yeah, it's going to occur with 30 and 34, maybe to move up to about 26, 27. If there's a player we want up there. Maybe that's how you get Patrick Baldwin Jr. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, possibly. What's up, guys? This is Dylan from the future at a first watch, actually. Um, so we actually went a really long time on this pod. Uh, it ended up being about two hours after we did our Twitter questions and stuff. So what we're going to go ahead and do is we're going to break this up in uh, two pods. So you know, double the content for you guys. Um, and no pressure to listen to them you know, all the way back to that. 
Um, so this first one is going to be releasing today, uh, assuming you're listening on Friday when you get one out. And the Twitter questions and conversation about Ty Ty Washington um, is going to be released on Sunday. So uh, yeah, just a little explanation there. Again, I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you all for the support. Hope you all have a great day. God bless. And don't forget, Thunder Roll. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.